0: grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We are still in our series wrestling with the issues and today I'll be talking about how parting is such sweet sorrow which is fitting because this is my last sermon on vicarage. There's another parting that's also sweet sorrow. And that's the reason I've entitled this message, Wrestling with Tradition, because I'm wrestling with leaving. It's our tradition here at St. Lawrence and and in this uh, faith to have vicarages last one year and then they come to a close. You make us love you and then you kick us out. It is a sweet sorrow. I am one step closer to becoming a pastor, which is what I believe God is calling me to do. That's the sweet part. The sorrow is, I'm leaving St. Lawrence. This tradition is coming to a close, but the tradition will continue for you. Tradition is like muscle memory. It's routines that help shape our behavior And train our bodies in ways that our mind can't otherwise do. I think we're always faced with a decision when it comes to tradition. Are we going to use it? Or maybe is it time to end a tradition? When we use it, there's always this sweet sorrow because it comes to a close as my year has come to a close. If we end it, because it's lost its relevance there's also a sweet sorrow remembering what it once was now this will vary for each of you on each different tradition throughout time I was new coming to this place I'd never been here before I knew nothing of Frankenmuth and I wondered if I would be acceptable in your eyes I wanted to know what I was walking into. I was unsure, as I know others were, whether or not my beard would be acceptable. Our text today from Luke chapter 4, Jesus says, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. On the contrary, I've had an excellent reception here. In fact, I even think that my beard was welcome." Now I know that I was not acceptable here because of my beard or because I've done a good job. I was acceptable in your eyes because you knew that God would use me to proclaim salvation in Jesus Christ. You knew that God would use me to proclaim his truth. And perhaps most importantly, you decided to accept me. I'm not worthy of that. And yet you decided to accept me anyway. Every time I say that, it it upsets me a bit. Thank you for accepting me. There comes a time on occasion where traditions have to end. Here's what Jesus does in such a case. In Luke chapter 7, where Jesus has his feet washed by the tears of a sinful woman, he's sitting at a table with a religious man, and that man does not find this woman acceptable in his eyes. It says that she is washing his feet with her tears. She's wiping his feet with her hair. She's kissing his feet and putting ointment on his feet. And here's the man's response. Now when the Pharisee who'd invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. This woman does something that defies all logic. And this phenomenon is also based on tradition. Sinners traditionally knew to keep their distance from people. In fact, she has no place at the feet of her sinless God. A great chasm exists between God and us. our Old Testament lesson makes this prophecy of the virgin birth, Emmanuel, he is to be called, God with us. You see, tradition is not the barrier. Sin is. Tradition can, as it is in that case in the text, it can be baggage. Her Messiah, which the Greek equivalent for that is Christ is right there in front of her. And he's decided that it's time for that tradition to change. I imagine her tears are also a sweet sorrow. The sweet joy of knowing that she's in the presence of her Christ. And the sorrow of knowing her unworthiness and her sinfulness. Some traditions over time do come and go. Maybe you don't know this. But trimming your beard was forbidden in the Old Testament. Leviticus 19 verse 27. Guys, I don't suggest you use that as a proof text to grow a beard. As the purity laws that make us clean and unclean are fulfilled in Christ. In our Old Testament lesson we heard... uh, Earlier today, in, uh, in when the lessons were read, that's the lesson that we read right before Christmas this past December during Advent. Now, we didn't read those last three verses, and so I wanted to add them so that you could hear verse 20. It says, in that day, the Lord will shave with the razor the head and the hair of the feet, and it will sweep away the beard also. Uh-oh. Ladies, this too is not a proof text to get your man to shave his beard. The beard was an Old Testament tradition and it was usually an insult to make somebody cut their beard. In 2 Samuel 10, the beard is shaved in disgrace. In Nehemiah 13 and Ezra 9, the beard is shaved as a punishment. But in our culture, it's not so much that way that tradition has ended. And that should cause us to ask this question. How does it end? When and why did it end? Now I don't know for sure when the tradition of beards being shaven as an insult ended for Christians. But I can venture a guess based on what I know about tradition. You see, tradition follows the culture of the times if... It loses its religious significance, its relevance. Now this is not a ploy to bring back beards as much as that beard jubilee would be a joy. But it ought to prompt us to ask this question about the traditions in our lives. Do they still serve religious function for us? Does it train my body to have a muscle memory think about the tradition of the cross when you see a cross around someone's neck or in the front of a church or in a movie you are immediately you immediately think about how this person is identifying as a Christian how they believe that Jesus Christ died for their sins Or maybe this is an example that also helps. Think about the feelings that well up in you when you hear taps played at the funeral of someone who has served their country. These are powerful traditions and they all will have you experiencing a sweet sorrow. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tolerating my beard I think it perhaps helped a few people recognize me in such a large congregation. I'm sure some of you loved it and hated it, but it didn't seem to be a problem. At least that was never reported to me. It's not a tradition for me. But traditions are tools. They're a means to point to something else. And they will always give you a sweet sorrow... Because they aren't the real thing. They're tools that help us experience something real. We use them. Perhaps we even change them occasionally. And if they no longer serve a useful purpose, we can even end them. Think about decorating for Christmas. How powerful that is. How that uh, builds up your excitement in the season, in the coming of the Savior. In the birth of Christ. Maybe Jesus is coming, and we're excited about it. Now that actually marks the beginning of our church year. For one year, we follow the life of Christ, and we do that every year. That is also a tradition. Now traditions aren't just the big seasons. They're also the little things that we repeat often, like perhaps coming to this service On this day is your tradition. Leaving as part of a tradition can be very hard. I've grown a lot in this place, and not just because the food is so good, although that's true. I've grown because you've given me the opportunity to grow, to make mistakes, to learn, to experience ministry and I thank you for giving me that opportunity. I've grown because I've had an excellent supervisor and Pastor Brant, thank you, and an excellent pastoral team with Pastor Fensky and Pastor Kaiser. I've had an excellent staff to work with and excellent volunteers backing us. My wife and my family are incredibly supportive but the one thing I really want to point out is this tradition of hosting a vicar that has really helped me grow. Let me clarify my position on parting with tradition. We need traditions, and we shouldn't be too quick to change them. If we don't know what they mean, we should be eager to learn what they point to but we also should not cling to them as though they're the hope that we have within. They can be great comfort because they are an effective way to instill values in our children and in ourselves. Later in that story of the sinful woman who washes Jesus' feet with her tears, Jesus says this to the man who rejected her on account of her unworthiness. He says, Do you see this woman... I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet. She's wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she's anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she has loved much, but he who has forgiven little loves little. There's a lot of tradition in this text that's still alive today. Now, it's not a direct comparison, and I'm certainly not Jesus, but you tolerated my hair. You gave me hugs and kisses from the moment I arrived. You showered me with your blessings and your gifts. You were able to love much because you are forgiven much. Now parting St. Lawrence would seem like an unbearable sorrow. But it is sweet to experience how God has blessed this place. And it's sweet to know that God will continue to bless you. May tradition serve as a blessing when it's relevant And may you not hold tradition in esteem beyond its relevance. And through these wishes, my sorrow to leave is less. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.